Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today, we're going to be talking about safety as I am joined by special guest Sabrina Also, Sabrina is a safety consultant. She is also the CEO and founder of Also Safe, and that is a company that promotes safety and tries to prevent violence in places like the workplace, school, and places of residency. So we're going to be talking to her about that and how she uses her dancing skills to promote what she's trying to do. So Sabrina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Curtis. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience, for sure. Well, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Sabrina Oso. As you pointed out, the company is Oso Safe. I'm a speaker and consultant on promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace schools and in particular in your place of residence. I have had enough therapy off and on therapy to be comfortable enough to disclose that I am a survivor of violence. My father be my mother on a regular basis. My mother would beat me. So I know firsthand what it's like to live in that type of environment and basically trying to turn pain into power for myself and for other people. And it's very healing. And uh, I know how traumatic it is to go through life that way. And there's so many of us, there's too many of us, really, that common thread of, oh, wow, you grew up with violence, so did I, you know, the whole me too. And, And this includes men as well. It includes everyone, really, especially children. I, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I graduated college. I got my degree in computer science. I, but my heart wasn't in it at all. Uh, and I could not talk about dance. I'm a dancer. I couldn't talk about dance. I couldn't mention it in my house, in my crazy house. So I had to wait until I moved out to even pursue think about it, talk about dance. Uh, But I moved out eventually and I I lived close enough to the city to where I totally immersed and submerged myself into the dance world. So, and uh, I loved it. I loved it. I I was taking 12 classes a week. I was uh, in and I was, I auditioned a lot. I was getting gigs and, but I started writing my one woman show and it's called Home Sweet Home question mark. And I did I did a lot of research for the show. I I wanted the show to be very educational, empowering, encouraging. And I play different women being abused. She goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the terror of violence. But the show ends pretty strong and it's empowering. And uh, I, I did a lot of research for the show. And, and Curtis, I couldn't believe the statistics that I was finding. I was blown away. I knew my own pain, but I didn't know how common it was. So I said to myself, that's it. 
I'm going to make this into a business, into a bona fide business with products and services. And that's how Oh So Safe was born from this one woman show that I wrote, choreographed and performed. Well, tell us how you came up with the name Oh So Safe. I, I know your last name is also, but that's a that's a unique name. Yes, I had several names, actually, company names. I, I, I think Oh So Safe was the fourth one. I went through a few of them because, you know, when you're starting out, you test the waters, you, you try different things. And I knew I didn't want a name that signified nonprofit charity. That was important because we respect all of the charities and nonprofits that deal with domestic violence. We don't even want to call it domestic violence. We prefer to say home violence because when you say domestic violence, it has such a stigma that it is, it's a woman's problem and clearly it is not. And secondly, it assumes that all of the victims are female and that's not true either. So we prefer to say home violence. So, so I said to myself, I, I don't want to convey, I don't want to come off as an, a charity, a nonprofit. So what would be a good name? And I went through several business coaches and this one business coach, he was so great. He asked me a bunch of questions and, and he said, really sit down and think really, really long on, on the questions. And, and the, I can't even remember what the questions were exactly. They were things like, what is it that you want to do with your business? What is it? How do you want to help people? Or what is it that you want your customers to walk away with? And really deep questions, you know. And um, so I answered all those questions. And the more I answered them, I said, safe, safe, safe. I want people to be safe because I wasn't safe at home at all. And I'm like, my name, you know, my name, my name. And I put the two together and I'm Italian. My parents were born and raised in Italy. And also in Italian means bone. So, uh, and, and I thought to myself, what a good play on words, you know, oh, so safe, like, oh, so safe, oh, you know, my name. And when I went back to the business coach and I read to him the questions and then I because he said to me, Sabrina, the name that you have, and before Oh So Safe, I was Florit. I'm laughing right now, but I was, you know, I thought, thought I had it right, you know. And Florit meaning putting the pedal to the metal on erasing the, what did I say? I forgot what the slogan was. And he said to me, Sabrina, I know you like that name and everything, but I think you could do better. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll try it. You know, I'll try it. So he gave me the questions. I went home the entire weekend and I really brainstormed. And, and then when I went back to him with Oso oh Safe and, and the questions, he's like, bingo, that, that's it. That's your name. That's your company name. That's, he's like, I, I like it. I, he's like, do you like it? You know, more importantly, do you like it? And I said, yeah, I think so. And I think it's positive, even though I'm talking about a very heavy subject, but I never wanted people to walk away with 
weight and negativity and hopelessness and the, you know, the usual woman with her hand and her head and the fist. And he said, this is positive, this empowering, this says what you want to do. So yeah, that's how it happened, basically. So people know how serious the problem of home violence is. Just go briefly go over some statistics about, you know, home violence in schools and workplaces and businesses and homes. Yes, uh, there are 15 million children that witness witness violence in their own homes each and every year. Those are just the ones in the U.S., just the ones that we know about. There are 2 million incidents of workplace violence that occurs that's in the U.S. alone. Those are just the ones that are documented. That comes out to be about 33,000 per week. And of those, 17 result in a murder. One out of three women will be beaten or raped in her lifetime. One out of five adolescent girls is abused by her boyfriend. One out of three young people will be in, in an abusive relationship. One out of seven men is abused. By the end of today, four women will be killed by their abusive partners, and most of them will be killed after they leave their abusers. Uh, when a person decides to leave, they are 75% likely to be killed because once they throw the words divorce, I'm leaving you, that's it, I'm done. That is the most critical time where the person, and usually it's a woman, but it could be a man, that they get murdered by their partner, their abusive partner. Another statistic that I find pretty alarming, all of these are alarming, um, too, actually. 80% of all runaways come from violent homes, and five children a day in the U.S. are murdered at the hands of an abusive parent, under the watch of a child protective service agency, law, judge. That, to me, is just, all of these statistics are horrible put together. Uh, and what I'm telling you and your listeners is that these are just the ones that we know about. As I say in my TEDx talk, I'm lying to you. I'm actually lying to you because this is not even the true picture. This is just what we know, the people that have come forward. Uh, the school shootings, I, I don't have and I need to know, that's next on my list, to know some more school shootings. I think it's something like so many since just in the past year. It's horrific. So the situation's very bad, to say the least. But I don't want to come off as discouraging, hopeless, that, that well, there, there's no solution, Sabrina. There's no solution. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just getting you, Curtis, gracious host, and your listeners to open your eyes to the problem. And it's an epidemic, really. Violence, abuse, chaos, dysfunction, it's an epidemic. But those are just some off the top of my head. Well, let's talk about what you mean when you say the responsibility of safety shouldn't be in the hands of the victims. Right. The title of my TEDx talk is, if you're a victim of home violence, don't leave, stay. 
And our whole premise is, we, we always tell people, not we, like society tells people, the victim, leave, right? Leave, leave, just leave, leave, leave. He's bad to you. He's bad to the kids. She's bad to you. She's bad to the kids. Just leave. We go over 50 reasons why victims don't leave. It's not that easy just to leave. And what about the next victim and the victim after that and the victim after that? It's just the cycle that keeps going. So we're saying at Oso Safe, don't you leave the, the victim and the children. The children are always, always victims, hands down, 100%. You stay right where you are. Once you enter a real estate contract with someone, it could be rental, it could be owning, it could be renting, owning, whether you have a mortgage or not, you stay right where you are. Why should you leave? It's the abuser that has to go and not return. So we're saying what we're introducing into the real estate industry is something called the Oso Safe Certification. And this is making safety a required standard condition of residency. As far as we're concerned, once you put the key into your lock, you should be in safety. You shouldn't be going home to hell. It should be your sanctuary and not a war zone. So once you put that key in the lock, you should feel like you could exhale and that you're safe. So we're saying to the real estate industry, we need to make homes safe. Whatever home is, you could be living in a townhouse, a co-op, a condo, a single family home, a multifamily dwelling, a two-family home, a villa, a mansion, a mobile home, a dormitory, a senior community. It doesn't matter. You should be safe there. So we're introducing also safe certifications into the real estate industry, specifically landlords and tenants. Now, mind you, we want this to propagate over all residency, but right now we're concentrating the landlord tenant portion of the industry because that's the path of least resistance, if you will. And we're saying, look, Mr. and Miss Landlord, hire us. We'll get your property also safe certified. What does that mean? The landlord purchases the home sweet home package. It consists of a policy, a seminar, an app, and therapists assigned to the property. So just to put a simple definition for all of that, the policy basically states, if you act like a barbarian, like a beast, like a savage in your home, you're going to have to go. You're evicted, immediately evicted from the premises expelled. And we go into full knowledge knowing that that would be the consequences. So there's no surprises. Secondly, a seminar, the Oso Safe Home Sweet Home Seminar. Everybody gets educated, adults and children, on facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline, what constitutes a good relationship. So that way, you can use the excuse Oh, I didn't know that pulling my partner's hair constitutes abuse. Now you know. The third component is the app, the OsoSafe app. This app detects violent-like movements and captures them in real time, issuing alerts to the landlord. So let's say a landlord has 10 units. They get an alert that the app detects, wow, I just saw you beat the crap out of her in my unit two, and you just beat the crap out of him in my unit 10. You got to go. You knew that this was going to happen. 
you are held to a higher regard, a higher standard in an OSO-safe certified property. And I got to keep all of my other tenants safe. You got to go. The fourth and final component of the package are therapists assigned to the property. You are required to check in with your therapist once a month. Is everything okay? Do you feel like anything is looming? Just to give an example, well, Mr. and Miss Therapist, uh, I just got into a big fight with my wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't know what to do. It was a huge fight. There was no beating up. Nobody beat up anybody. We know better than that because we're in a no-so-safe certified property, but I don't know what to do. Please help me. Please help us. So this is all on the preventive preventative side versus waiting for an episode of violence to occur, then police come, bad news travels fast. Did you hear what happened in 2A? And then before you know it, your well-behaved, your safe tenants leave. And then you're stuck with the abusive family. And then you're, you're, you're trying to explain yourself. We're, we're looking to flip all of that, flip the script, if you will. Why should your good well-behaved, oh-so-safe tenants leave, get the abuser out. So we're saying at oh-so-safe, the responsibility of safety needs to be all of us, not just the victim. Yes, the victim has a responsibility, yes, to get educated, to practice safety, to document, to, uh, to also practice safety with the children, and so on and so forth. But it's really Let's make safety a required standard condition of residency. And another component of the OSO-SAFE certification, which is important, they're all important, but especially this, children get to dictate who they feel safe with at the first level of OSO-SAFE certification. I just gave you a synopsis. There's more components, but for the sake of this interview, I wanted to keep it simple. We find out from the child who do you feel safe with, little Timmy, little Sally? Now, they could lie. We realize that. They could lie. Oh, I'm safe with mom and dad, even though mom and dad beat the crap out of them. Abusers are never quiet for too long. Their true colors show pretty quickly. Yes, they could put their poker face on for maybe a day, a week, a month. But rest assured, they're going to be beating the child, yelling, screaming. You're going to know. So between the policy, the seminar, the app, therapists, and, and, and that we have this provision that, look, your child, your child gets a say in who they feel safe with. If, it's, if both parents are abusive, they get to go whoever they name, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a close family friend. This is also preventative. So I hope I answer the question. This is, again, and it's worth repeating, making safety a required standard condition of residency versus tossing it up to chance, leaving it up to the wind. Here, sign here. Okay, here are the keys and good luck to you. Whatever you do behind closed doors is none of my business. No, it is your business because otherwise you're dealing with police yelling, screaming, violence. Your, your, your unit, your, your apartment, your condo, whatever, as a landlord is damaged, people are hurt, or the worst case scenario, there's a murder. And at that point, it's way too late to do something. So that's what we mean.
So let's talk about when you talk about we have to practice not being abusive, especially when it comes to kids. What do you mean by that? If you, uh, I'd also say for the certification, it is indeed a practice, the education part of it. I find it pretty un- unconscionable almost where hospitals, you're born, right? You're born and they kind of just take it for granted or they leave it up to chance. Here, here's your baby. Congratulations. This is how you breastfeed it. This is, and this is both the mother and the father. Okay. The mother and the father. This is how you take care of it. Here are some diapers that are, well, what about safety? What about safety? You're going to release this kid to the parents. You hope that they're safe. You hope that there's not going to be any violence, abuse, chaos, dysfunction, verbal, physical, sexual abuse. But how do you know? You let the kid go, the baby, the infant, to with the parents. Okay, good luck. It's got to be a practice. People need to be educated. And especially if you come from violence, if you come from abuse, You could enter into another abusive relationship just like that and perpetuating that horrible cycle. So we're saying at OsoSafe, this has to be a practice every day, every day. We give you tools. We provide you with education, information. And we're not saying, you know, what are you going to do when you get into a big fight with your spouse? your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever your living arrangement is, it doesn't matter. Are you going to beat the crap out of them? Are you going to verbally disparage them, calling your girlfriend, your wife, your whatever, you're a bitch, a slut, a whore, a tramp, a sleaze, a floozy, a bimbo, a thought, a sketch. And then in front of kids, you have to practice safety. You have to practice how to fight, how to argue with your significant other. There's a way to do it. We're not saying you're never going to fight. We're not saying you're never going to get ar- never going to get into arguments, excuse me. You're never going to be in conflict. No, we're not saying that. Of course you're going to fight. There's going to be disagreements and big disagreements on certain things. But it should never Curtis cross the line of abuse, not verbally, not physically, not sexually, no violence, no abuse, no chaos, dysfunction. And the big ingredient in all of this, what I'm talking about in practicing safety is respect, respect, respect. You respect your partner. You respect your children. It's not you do as I say, I'm the parent, you're the kid, you're going to do as I say, I'm the boss or in, in, in partners, in, in uh, whoever your significant other is. No, you're going to do all the cleaning and I'm going to bring home the bacon and I'm the one who's the money maker and you got to do what I say. And no, it's a practice. You, we have to respect each other's privacy, each other's space. When you come home from work, if, especially with COVID, right? Our homes have turned into our workplaces and our schools, essentially. We need to set boundaries and say, look, when, when I get home from running errands or work or, or I'm, in, I'm in the office for a few hours, you got to respect my space. And when I come out, 
please don't bother me. I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. I'm going to go up in the attic. I'm going to go in the basement. Don't bother me. Please don't bother me. I need my space. And we need to respect that. And that's okay. That's okay. That's healthy living. And this is something that we need to practice every day. Because people need to learn. They need to learn how to respect. I think it's something that needs to be taught for sure. Well, let's talk about how the legal system makes it worse on a child that has been abused. What role do you feel that the legal system plays in all of this? Yes, uh, I have personal and professional experience with this. um, And I am just mortified, horrified at how the legal system makes horrible matters so much worse for the abused kid from the police to the lawyers, the mediators, the parent coordinators, the child protective service agencies, and ultimately the judges. It is horrific because if they were doing their job, Curtis, honestly, I just, I gave you and your listeners a bunch of statistics, right? Those statistics would not be what they are if the legal system was, was doing their, its job. Those numbers would be very much lower, a lot lower. So it's almost as if the legal system causes more violence. They magnify it. They perpetuate it. And I'm not saying there's good police and bad police. There's good lawyers and bad lawyers. There's Uh, So I'm not saying, I'm not generalizing, but I could tell from personal and professional experience, you got judges and ultimately it rests with the judges. These judges are so ill-informed. They don't know what they're doing. I'm sorry, but they are ignorant. They are unqualified. They don't care. They care about their caseload. They just say, file another motion. You two need to get along. I'm I'm saying the abusive parents. They don't think about the kid. They don't. And all the evidence is right in front of them. And they allow joint custody with an abusive father or an abusive mother where there's sex abuse. And because, oh, well, he's the father. And she is the mother, or that's the stepdad, and that's the stepmom. You have to go with that. What are we talking about here? You just endangered that kid even more. There's evidence right in front of you, medical records. The kid is telling you, I don't want to go with daddy. I don't want to go with mommy. I don't want to go with stepdad. And you, because they are the biological father. You make them go. Visitation. Five children are murdered every day in this country at the hands of the law, of these judges that don't know what the heck they're doing. Why are you a judge then? What, what are you doing with your black cloak sitting on the pedestal ruling? These abused children, their lives are in your hands. You have to do right. That, that's what you're getting paid for, right? Otherwise, step down then. Step down. Please step down for the love of everything good on the earth. And uh, I have to say, 
With the OSO-SAFE certification, Curtis, you won't need the courts. You won't need them. I, we consult with a small group of attorneys on a regular basis on everything that we do. And one of the attorneys practices family law. And she said to me, Sabrina, wow, with your OSO-SAFE certifications, you are short-circuiting the entire process. And she's saying it as a compliment. You are resolving it right in residency. What do you need the courts for? Everything is resolved right in residency. The abuser is out. Everybody gets educated. You eliminate the he said, she said factor with the technology. The kid, the abused kid gets to dictate who they want to live with. And you have therapy as a regular part of residency. Wow. That, that's, that you are nipping it in the bud. So I hope I answer the question. Yeah. The, the laws are just, you're better off not even walking into court and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for nothing to make matters worse. Why? (laughs) Why? Yep. You did answer the questions. So tell us about the also safe YouTube channel and also any, any current upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. Sure. I have, I started about a year ago. Also safe kids. And it's just another branch of also safe. And I, I put out videos and I'm speaking to all children, all children, the ones that are safe at home and the ones that are not safe at home. And I'm speaking to them openly about abuse, about violence. I'm telling them that it's not their fault and trying to give them courage to speak out on behalf of their own abuse because nobody's giving them a voice. And I instructing them that their voices are powerful and that that it's not their fault they're not alone and that and to kind of really let them know that that we're working as fast as we can to get all of them safe um i'm i speak to all children of all ages so that's the oh so safe kids youtube channel if you will but my website is ososafe.com i'm all we're on all the social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I just started TikTok, excuse me, Alignable. And I am in the process of writing a children's book. It's a little premature, but I had just started it. So I will be posting about that, but uh, that's in the works along with uh, anybody that wants us to speak at their property at their school, university, workplace, there's a book now on the website. So yeah, so that's the best way. Well, final question here. First thing I want you to do is give us some final thoughts. But right before you do that, just answer the question. What is the connection between home violence and pornography? Thank you for asking. Pornography is a big driver of violence, huge. Uh, 88.2% of pornography is physical aggression towards women. So when we give pornographic materials materials to our sons, our grandsons, our nephews, our daughters, our granddaughters, what have you, we are actually teaching them to be hostile in their relationships, dating, very, very bad. We're not talking about sexual freedom. We're all for sexual freedom at OsoSafe. But pornography is about bondage, domination, sadism, and masochism. And a branch of pornography that I think a lot of people don't know because they fly under the radar 
is that women, a lot of people think pornography, that it's the men dominating the women. Yes, that's true. However, there's a branch of pornography called a financial dominatrix. Her real title should be a paid sex abuser. And these women get hired. They, they have clients that pay them to basically sexually abuse them. And these women, they prey on submissive men. And these men could have children. And they are dominating. They, will, they are controlling. They are manipulative. And they could be part of our PTA at school because they pose as upstanding citizens in our societies, in our neighborhoods. Meanwhile, at home, they do, they record convulsing, revolting, disturbing things on and off camera. And the children that live in these environments are abused. They live with a paid sex abuser and they they are, and this is parallel to sex trafficking, child rape, child pornography. It's a branch of pornography that flies under the radar because these are the women doing the abusing and they will stop at nothing to get what they want. So it's a very important question that parents and our neighborhood neighborhoods and our communities need to know about because they could be next door. They could be next door and you wouldn't even know it, but you know there are signs that something is amiss. They don't leave the house. They're always inside. They get defensive. Yeah, but pornography is not good, not to say the least. All right, well, give us some final thoughts before we close it out. Yes, you have the right to be safe in your own home. Safety needs to become a required standard condition of residency. Just because you are a parent, it doesn't give you the right to abuse your child. And all of us deserve to be in good, healthy relationships. We need to do it for ourselves. We need to do it for our children. So that way, our children will also know how to be in good relationships by your example. So all of that combined. Ladies and gentlemen, alsosafe.com. Check out the Also Safe YouTube channel. Follow Also Safe and Sabrina so you can see what she's up to and all the wonderful things that she's working on to prevent violence and promote safety. Also, make sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. To the people checking us out on Facebook, you can check out the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast on your favorite podcast platform, also on the Podbreed Network. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Curtis. It was- for more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.